Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A good Wednesday afternoon, February 21st, 2024. Live from out here in Ashburn at the Commander's Training Facility. We are Grant and Danny. We left the studio. We came out west. We ventured. And the reason for that, Daniel. They're introducing assistant coaches today from what was a very strong coaching staff put together by Dan Quinn. All of the assistants will be holding court with the media out in the practice bubble in just a few minutes. And you and I are out here to try to shake some hands and say hello to some of the new faces that will be coaching this commander's roster. We're going to have those introductions where someone goes, oh, you, right? That's kind of what we're going for here. No, just, uh, I'm just being serious. No, it's going to be fun, dude. It's, this is cool. It's, a, it's always neat to be oot in a boot and it's uh it's nice when there's goodwill it's nice when people are kind of in and everybody's pulling this rope in the same direction here everybody wants the same thing right we, what, what are we looking for a, a return not only to relevance but to excellence and that's something that we've all been begging for and hoping for and it really does feel like this new beginning the imprint now of the harris ownership group and now we're excited because this is that new chapter all the old snidery stuff is gone we washed it clean let's do the new thing yeah, look, I can't promise anybody, and none of us really know if and when they're going to win anything meaningful. I mean, it's it's hard to do that. All you can control are the controllables. And essentially all you can do as an organization, Danny, is have a process that gives you a chance. We've seen that with the Caps, and after a lot of seasons of it not resulting in a title, they won a championship. Finally did. Yeah. We saw it with the Nats, who threw from 12 through 19 every year going into the playoffs, a lot of people thought would win the World Series, and they didn't even get out of the first round. That, that was the, the version for them of the Caps in the second round. But ultimately, they kicked the door down. And, and the point is you just have to have a good process. Your job in baseball is to build a 90-win team. In hockey, it's to get into the postseason with a goaltender and some high-end scoring. And in football, it is to get into the dance and that – have a good enough player at the quarterback position to feel like year in and year out you got a chance to go win a Super Bowl, and that's what the commanders are going to try to do. But here's what I can say. I don't know if they're going to guess right at quarterback in the crapshoot that is the draft at number two. I can't tell you if Dan Quinn's going to be awesome or not or this really good staff on paper that he just brought in is going to provide the answer key and if they're going to guess right in free agency and sign the right players. This is a very different feel out here, though. Yeah. It is just a breath of fresh air. Our being out here is pretty obvious of that and an indicator of that, I would say. But 
This is a group of adults and professionals, a lot of the animus and venom and those things you know, of not only the media, but I just think in general have dissipated over the last year. Yes. And while that already started with this ownership group, I think now with a new front office and a new coaching staff and really offseason number one for the Harris ownership group, the Hogs taking over, putting their fingerprints all over this thing, it's just a really healthy, good feeling, and it's exciting to be out here and kind of see it firsthand. That is the vibe. I mean, the last time I was here, I, I think I know you've been here multiple times. The last time I was here, the world was very different. Brian LaFamina was part of his, it was in the middle of his six or seven month run as whatever his job was, team president or uh, front facing guy. Um, again, that lasted less than one calendar year. This new leaf that they were turning over to be friendly to uh, you know local media folks and be inclusive and try to get everybody on the same page before it went back to. Trying to control bad narratives, keeping us away, you know, uh, and the whole nine yards. It, it returned to that that that's, that picturesque Snyder Bruce Allen adversarial relationship where they were more concerned about leaks than they were about winning football games or controlling, uh, you know, the 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 bad looks that they were getting themselves involved in. More control, more concerned about that than anything else. And it was, it was cover your butt mode. It was destructive and it was terrible. Think about how different the world is. Almost ten years ago at this point, right now. This is really, it's not just lip service. It's not just we had one off-season press conference where Dan pretended to be embarrassed, wished everyone happy Thanksgiving, brought in a new white knight that we can ask questions of, then retreated to his ivory tower. This is really is different. It's not just saying that it's different for a press conference. This is different. Also, there have been times in the past where you kind of put a fresh coat of paint on things, but it was optics and you were doing what you could, but you were it was a bucket of water off the Titanic. Mm-hmm. The owner was still the owner. Yep. That guy was the problem. The head of the snake was still the issue at its core. And that's gone. It's over. And really, as of last year, you started to feel and see a difference. And I think there was only so much that were going to be done when you take over. Officially, I think it was on the eve of training camp or right there you know, a week or so before camp began for this ownership group. So it's a whole new world. And uh, excited today to get to uh, put some faces with some names and get to know this new coaching staff. We're going to get over there uh, in just a little bit and get some interviews for you guys to make sure that you hear from some of those new coaches today right here on Grant and Danny. Also on the show today, I'm fired up about this. Rick Spielman's going to join us at 3.30. Rick Spielman was involved in helping pick Adam Peters and helping pick Dan Quinn. He was one of the guys on the search committee that was hired by the Harris Ownership Group and uh, Bob Myers to come together. He was like the football brain trust as a former GM. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask him about the searches, why Peters, why Quinn. He didn't make the decisions, obviously, but... He provided some acumen, some insight, and also want to talk to him about the top of the draft board. He is a former GM. He's been studying the quarterbacks. want to talk to him about Daniels and May. Uh, We'll do that at 3.30. We're giving away Caps tickets at 4 o'clock. Speaking of which, Danny, Mm -hmm. it's a good time to be back out at Capital One Arena watching the Caps. Alex Ovechkin last night scored not one but two goals, giving him 16 on the season. He's now on pace getting closer to – a mid-20s goal season, and as I was saying last night, eight goals for Alex Ovechkin in his first 43 games this year. He's got eight goals in his last eight, and he is now officially back in the mix. The chase is back on after a multi-goal effort last night. Here's a shot right off the draw, and Ovechkin scores! Back to Alex, he lets it go, short side on doors. Washington. So 
much fun. Again, I like that they won the game. I like that they beat the uh, the Josh Harris-led New Jersey Devils. That's always fun. By the way, they have two six-goal outbursts this year against the Devils. Just interesting tidbit have, to me. That's a bad defensive They team. don't like defense. Their goaltending has been a huge problem, one of the worst goaltending teams in the league as well. Just fun to see. But this is this was the point here, right? Playoffs and these kinds of things are a bonus. It's it's a nice deal. He is chasing down the unchaseable, the unthinkable, the ridiculous record from when guys weren't wearing helmets. The, the, the whole world has changed so much. We were robbed of so many different opportunities, whether it was strike-shortened seasons, lockout-shortened seasons, injuries, suspensions, uh, COVID, coaches that had no business being the head coach, whatever it was that slowed down this unstoppable force. I don't, I'm not guaranteeing an eight-goal, and eight-game pace the rest of the way, but this is going a long way towards renewing my belief that I took for granted at one point coming into the season that this was inevitable. He was Agent Smith in the Matrix, dude. He was inevitability that he was going to chase down Gretzky. It feels a lot better than it did, what, three weeks ago well, at this point? I mean, Two weeks? You and I both said it, though. We said he's going to have to get on a legendary Ovechkin-like heater to get back in the mix. I mean, we got to a point where eight games ago, right before this stretch started, you know, it looked like he was going to score 17 or 18 goals this year potentially. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if he got hot, maybe he'd get to 20 or 21 if he had a big second half. But when you score eight goals in as many games, you know, 45 games, eight goals, he's done that in eight contests now with the two-goal game last night. The math has changed completely. It's gone from you do some quick arithmetic and you say, I'm not sure if he's going to get this record. It's going to mm-hmm. be really hard. We're talking about him getting a lot better from a goal-scoring standpoint next year, having two straight seasons where he's scoring over 40 maybe. So now all of a sudden he's 56 goals away. He actually over the weekend told a Russian outlet that he plans on having this contract be his final NHL contract. Mm -hmm. So according to Ovechkin, he would like to be done playing after the next two hockey seasons. So he's got the rest of this year and then two years left. That's plenty of time if you're going to be at a 30-goal pace to continue forward and break this record. Yep. The problem is the fear, as he gets a little older each season, does the skill set decline? Is there some type of dissipation of, of offense? He's 38 this year, and we've seen a massive drop-off. But if this is any indicator here in the last couple of weeks now, particularly post-break, seven games, seven goals for him, I think it tells you that the early season demise was exaggerated. And it's not necessarily that, that the skill set's gone, that the velocity on the shot is waned. I, I think that was getting used to a new system, maybe getting off to a slow start. Who knows? Maybe he didn't have the offseason yeah, he needed well, the to have. The answer is yes to everything. But, but like right? he, yeah. he can still do this. He's yeah. proving that. So a, a number of factors. Number one, to me, it's Kuznetsov and Backstrom. The, the guys that are setting you up but hit your whole career are not setting you up. Kuznetsov, disaster this year. Backstrom, not playing. Huge impact on any offensive player. Number two, horrible shooting luck. More shots than 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 than. Uh, let me try to rephrase that. One of the lowest shooting percentages in human history, right? Like uh, like a like a center in the '80s trying to shoot threes, right? When it was first invented, just terrible luck in that regard. So that was always go- bound to progress. And see, he doesn't move as well as he used to. There's there is some diminishment uh, in, in that regard. So all of those things put together, you were getting this disastrous. 40-plus games, as you mentioned, where he's not scoring it near the clip. And that was always inevitable. You're not going to be a 50-goal-a-season guy into your 40s, but 35, 36, 37, maybe 40 goals would have felt a lot better, right, as we're kind of trying to chase this thing down. 
and there's an adjustment. This is life after two great uh, two great centers that are creating offense. Not only for him, but for everybody else. The team has been devoid of offense. That's number one. And then is this group isn't winning as many games. You lose empty net opportunities. Uh, the power play hasn't been very good. There are so many contributing factors to him scoring less than he has it, it, pretty much his whole career that now you're starting to see this adjustment and you know, maybe the more grimy goals like last night off the rebound through the legs of uh, of a defender after a nice rush. There's got to be different ways to get some of these goals. They're not always going to be slapper from the office as the goalie slides and it's you know over that right shoulder again. You're going to have to find ways to to, to get a couple of grimies here, and I think that's the personality of the team, and I, I think he'll be there for He's it. on pace for 24 now. If Feels he a lot better, right? If you would have found out on opening night he was going to score 24 goals, first of all, you would have been hugely disappointed. Yeah. Because last year he was on his way to 50 before the, the tragic passing of his father. Mm-hmm. And I think we all anticipated another 40-goal season. It's all we've seen. Like, How could you think anything about Alex Ovechkin other than he's playing hockey this year? He'll score 40 goals because their power player will be really good. He'll score a bunch of goals with a man advantage. He's going to be good on even strength. He's going to get a handful of empty netters. He'll get you to 40. So there would have been disappointment for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think the next thought would be, okay, the math still works. If he scores another eight goals and gets to 24 this season, now you are 48 goals away over the final two years of your contract. He needs to average basically 24 and a half goals Mm -hmm. to surpass Wayne Gretzky. So you're talking about three seasons like the one he had this year. I would guess right now this moment, if I had to, I would put money down on him breaking the record. But here's how tedious this is. Ten days ago, I would not have done that. Yeah. You know, and eight games ago, unequivocally, I wouldn't have done it. The way things were trending in these eight games, he may have scored once or he might not have scored at all. And if that was the case, it's a huge difference. That's right. But eight and eight now, it is on like Donkey Kong, my friend. 24 is the pace. And if he somehow surpasses that and gets closer to 30, I mean, look, you look around the NHL right now. There's nobody hotter, Danny, from a goal-scoring standpoint right. than Alex Ovechkin. And this is over almost a full month right now. He has the most goals in hockey other than Austin Matthews, who is on a crazy heater. I mean, that guy might end up scoring 70 goals. But since January 27th, mm-hmm. so that's over three weeks ago, right? Matthews 10 goals, OV8 goals, no one else has that many. He has completely changed the conversation, and this is exactly what he needed. You know what it reminds me of? Obviously not totally analogous, but bear with me. Remember when the Nationals couldn't get out of their own way in 2019? And they started 19 and 31. And you and I were both going, we're not telling you the season is over. We're not. Okay. They're 12 under 500. That's not very good. But the whole point is to get back to where they need to get to, they have to go on an epic run. And then they did. Then they had the, either the first or second best record in baseball over the final, you know, 120 games or whatever, 110 games, or whatever it was. They did the impossible thing. They did the really, really hard thing. That's now happening in the same, to the same degree. Right where we're going in order to get to this crazy place that again he should have he should right now be knocking on the door of Gretzky again if, if things weren't taken away from him that had nothing to do with him. In order to get back to that pace or to get to the point where it's reasonable, he has to do something epic. He's like, all right, watch this. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to present to you epic, ladies and gentlemen, epic Ovechkin doing crazy things again. Yeah, that you know it's a throwback to uh, a you know goal on his back. 
It's a throwback to some of the great runs that he's ever had here at 38 years old, despite the fact they don't really have any playmaking down the middle, despite the fact their power play still isn't particularly good, despite the fact that in general their offense, is, for the better part of the season, has been broken non-playing the Devils division. Here he is, eight goals in eight games, right back into the mix. Throwback's a good word. Turning the clocks back a little bit. Speaking of turning the clocks back, I saw this story today, and I wanted to bring it up to you. Best Buy has officially removed physical media from their store. This is via a couple different outlets. I'm seeing this via um, Barstool Sports. The consumer electronics retailer will phase out sales of DVDs and Blu-ray discs altogether Mm. in-store and online in early 2024. So that's now-ish into the coming months. According to industry sources, I think uh, the story was broken by Variety. Best Buy confirmed Friday that it will be ending sales of DVDs. Quote, to state the obvious, the way we watch movies and TV shows is much different today than it was decades ago. This is one of those things, I think, when someone hears me saying, Best Buy is going to stop selling DVDs or Blu-ray discs, they're going to go, well, of course. Yeah, right. Why Obviously. wouldn't they? When's the last time anyone went and bought a DVD or a Blu-ray at Best Buy? But we're starting to understand how our parents felt, aren't we? We're starting to get that feel of these technologies that we grew up with. When I was a young boy, when I was a young warthog, we had VHSs. That was when I was a kid. Those died the way of the dodo. Those were gone. But I was there for the beginning of the DVD. And your boy was steamed up for the initial Blu-ray disc upgrade. DVDs weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. You had to get the Blu-ray disc. I remember when you would go to a movie, you'd love it, and then, Danny, you would wait a few months. Mm -hmm. But you'd find out that that DVD, that digital video disc was dropping. That's right. You'd go to Best Buy. You'd go to maybe it was Walmart, wherever you had to go. Target, no one knows. You'd scoop it, and you'd come home, and there were some – extra features you'd put it in your dvd player this was before your box or your station right a dvd player plays dvds fyi that's what that does yeah i'm in my feels about this a little bit guy do i just need to move on or where are we at here nope no people do not understand because for so many different things when your first musical device was a record player when your first when your second musical device was cassette players you used to make mixed cassettes I had a dual cassette deck player. I'd be ripping songs off the radio, I'd, handing uh, potential girlfriends that never worked out, by the way, cassette mixes. So this little was notes before on there. the burned CD? Oh, way before. How would you even do that on a cassette? You you had to have a pretty legit cassette. You get blank, blank cassettes like you get blank CDs. Yeah. And you could dub from one to the other if you if you had a legit cassette setup. Wow. Not just a boombox where you're walking around like, hey, I might, I might start breakdancing. I might not. I'm talking like your home console setup. I had the dual cassette deck player where I could record from one to the other, right? I could also record off the radio, depending on whichever input I wanted. I had an unbelievable system. And then it was all irrelevant. I had a 300-disc CD changer that was replaced by a small piece of plastic with some, uh, with some touchscreen on it called an iPod. And then my son picked up an iPod and said, what the hell is this? Didn't say hell, but he, could, he may as well have. Like, I've seen the entire evolution. I was there for Betamax, bro. The top-loading... VCR, the time when we had uh, you had uh, the, the the tracking on the screen to to settle it so that it fit your TV the best. With all due respect to your um, 
going down memory lane here with all your technologies, mm-hmm. I want to go back to DVDs for a moment, to my sadness today, and I want to ask you, is there a DVD that you remember being excited to go buy? I mean, a, a movie yeah, specifically that stands out to you, like, I'm going to go get that tomorrow. Well, all I do is, all I've done is pack them and unpack them. When I've moved a couple different times? I did that, too. I, I Last time I moved, which is hopefully the, the last time for a long time, when we moved into our home now with the kids, I threw away – I had three bins of DVDs, and I had a buddy who, like, actually likes them for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I said, come get them if you want them. I'm tossing them out. I kept, like, ten. Just movies that are yeah. important to me from, from my life. And I will never watch them again. I, I don't even know what the point of them. I keep them in a shelf. Underneath, they're just collecting dust underneath of the TV in my basement that's mounted to a wall. But I probably have somewhere between like seven and ten DVDs. I don't even know why. But I'm wondering if there was. Yeah, I have dozens. I'll I'll give you the answer to your your question. Where Megan tried to make us do that, and I go, I I am not getting rid of these. Look, these matter to me. These are my collector's situations. The Star Wars Special Edition Anniversary Box Set. When I had, because it meant. I'm not a kid anymore, but I can remember what it was like to be a kid. I'm going to use money that I earned to buy this DVD set with Darth Vader on the cover. Yeah. Right? And I can play them at home. See what I'm saying? Like on my th- on my DVD player, on my television set. That wasn't a flat screen yet, by the way. It was that big box with the ray tubes and weighed 455 pounds. That was awkward to carry through uh, over uh, thresholds of doors. Awful. Didn't matter. Mine. I've got two that I remember specifically going with buddies to buy that I really was looking forward to. The first is Fast and the Furious, the original movie. Mm -hmm. The DVD hit stores in 2001, June of 01. And that was about as good as it. Maybe that's when the, the movie came out in theaters, but months later, obviously, it became available as a DVD. And I remember thinking, I got to get my hands on that and see what the extra features are. See, you know, the interviews of Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. The other one was Dark Knight. Dark Knight, I still had a, I think I was on box at that point. I don't think I had a DVD player, but I think my Xbox, whatever my new iteration was, is how I watched my DVDs. And my remote was my controller. Were you ever that kid? Of course. Yeah, because it, it replaced the DVD player. Because every game console was like, we want to be your entertainment Correct. hub. And everyone was like, no, but I'll use it for DVDs too. July of 2008, that movie came out. So it would have been probably that winter, Christmas time, whatever, where I went and bought it and scooped it. And that was the other move. I would always, for, I don't know if Christmas time you do a bunch of like these things that I do where you go to a party and everyone has to bring a present. Mm-hmm. It's like 30 to $50 or whatever it was. Don't surpass it. And we'll all grab one and trade it and do like a white elephant type deal. Mm-hmm. My bit was always a movie ticket, a, a can or, or a bottle of Coke with a, a bag of popcorn or box of popcorn or whatever. And uh, and then I would throw in, like, a couple of good DVDs, like old school, Sandlot or yeah, something yeah. like that. So that's probably the last time I purchased movies was that old relic where I was putting together your movie night kind of deal. Just impossible. That, that That's all happened during my lifetime. And, of course, it makes practical sense. I haven't, I haven't watched the DVD in more than a decade. Of course not. And when was the last time you bought one? 15 years? Probably. Yeah. May have been The Dark Knight was my last DVD purchase, honestly. <laughs> it's been that long for a lot of people. I saw that today, though, and I thought, man, sign of the times. Mm-hmm. I get it. I- I'm not dragging my feet, kicking and screaming. I just – it's worth acknowledging, I would say. Totally. That a cool thing is going away. Uh, Rick Spielman's on the show today at 3.30. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, next on Grant and Danny, 
We're going to meet some of the assistant coaches out of here in Ashburn today. The entire staff is mingling. Uh, which non-coordinator that was hired by Dan Quinn do you think was the best hire and are you most excited about? We'll get into that next on The Fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. When the commanders hired Dan Quinn, one of the first ways they sold the hire as a win was not only to suggest that Quinn had learned from some of his mistakes in Atlanta, but also that everyone should just wait and see because he was going to build one of the best staffs in the league. And on paper, for what it's worth, he delivered the goods. He has put together a whale of a coaching staff. Today, those assistant coaches meet with the media out here in Ashburn. They've already gotten to work, starting to crunch some film. They will take a respite today for a little media, and that's why we're out here in Ashburn, uh, Grant and Danny, with you live on the fan. Figured we could open up the MGM National Harbor listener lines on this, Danny. We got Rick Spielman coming up at 3.30. We're giving away Caps tickets at 4. But a little time here to chat about this staff. We talked quite a bit last week about Cliff Kingsbury, the OC. He was introduced via press conference. We were blown away by Joe Witt Jr., the high-energy Axum platitude dropping, <laughs> inspiring leader of men, defensive coordinator, who's finally getting a crack at calling defensive plays. He crushed his press conference late last week. But non-coordinators going into the rest of the staff. Let's go through some of the other hirings that we found to be particularly interesting or strong by Dan Quinn. You start us off. Brian Johnson. This was a guy that was on the fast track to being a head coach not that long ago, right? You you get that cologne that Shane Steichen got. You get that same cologne that Jonathan Gannon got, right, working in Philadelphia. The product is Jaden uh, Jalen Hurts, rather, not Jaden Daniels, who was on my brain because I love him so much. But your, your evidence of excellence is an MVP candidate in Hurts, right? You're there. You get that. That, that excellent sweet smell that cascades off. Well, the ending of last year for the Eagles, where they were a Super Bowl contender until they weren't, then they were a disaster, everything fell apart, so every, everything now is tainted. To me, there's still way more good deposits in the bank than bad. 
This should be an offensive coordinator. This should be a guy that's still ascending as a head coach candidate. Instead, you got him knocked down a peg or two. You get him as a you know, assistant offensive guy, a pass game coordinator, a lesser role underneath Cliff Kingsbury. I think it's a coup. I agree with you, and I actually think Brian Johnson could end up being really helpful, especially if they do draft Jaden Daniels. That's not to say that he doesn't have value regardless of where they end up at quarterback. A Drake May-led offense where he's the pass game coordinator, can still thrive. But I just like the idea of him having worked with some of those concepts Mm -hmm. of the read option, what works and what doesn't, keeping a dual threat in the pocket, setting things up in the running game the way that they did, not just with Jalen Hurts on scrambles and things, but some of the design draws that they did, downs and distances where it worked. I think there's a lot of expertise and insight he can bring in that area. He's another example. We've said this with a couple different people, mm-hmm. right? Cliff Kingsbury, everyone wants to talk about what he did in Arizona. He's not coming here to be a head coach, people. He is coming here to be a coordinator. We haven't seen him be a bad coordinator yet. Now, he has not been a coordinator. That's part of the reason why, perhaps. But you just can't tell me that someone not having thrived in a larger role means they're going to be bad in a lesser capacity. Brian Johnson was not a very good play caller slash offensive coordinator last year in Philly. I think that's a fair critique. He's not being asked to do that here. Mm -hmm. And so I I like that hire as well. Uh, I'm going to stay on the offensive side of the ball. I've been beating this drum. And this is actually a guy I hope to get to see when we walk over to uh, the building and talk to some of the assistants in a moment. David Blau, the assistant quarterbacks coach who bounced around from Detroit to Minnesota to Arizona. He was with Cliff Kingsbury for like 19 minutes. And Kingsbury was so impressed with his smarts and his intelligence that he basically decided if that guy wants to be a coach and I'm a offensive coach. And I have league, any say over it, yeah. He'll be on my staff. I was texting with Kirk Cousins about him at one point. I said, hey, you, you were with him in Minnesota. What would you think? He's like, I think that guy's going to be an awesome coach, really, really smart. I mean, David Blau is the kind of guy that every team should be looking to hire. It's the liaison between the player and the offensive staff. It's a recent former player who knows what it's like. A year ago, he was a play away from getting into a game, and now he's going to be in Drake May or Jaden Daniels' ear or Sam Howell's ear. I think that's awesome. I also wanted to layer the offensive staff with potential coordinators. If this goes great this season, Kingsbury's a head coach next year, then what? Well, maybe Brian Johnson's your OC, and maybe he's ready for that role then. Maybe you've elevated Tavita Pritchard to the OC after two years as a quarterback's coach, and he's the the hot shot rising star. And now David Blau becomes the QB's coach, and he's the head coach and waiting for when Pritchard gets the job. Like, you have to layer and prepare for that inevitable if things are going to go well offensively. And I think that Dan Quinn did about as good a job of that, and then more specifically, Kingsbury did as good a job of that as he could in this situation. Add the next one for me, Anthony Lynn. This is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, hires on, on the staff. And you, if you've listened to the show before, first of all, thank you. Second of all, how could you say that? He's old school, run the ball first, second, and third down, punt it on fourth, play field position, and run it some more. Because he's a balance to me. This, this is an admission to me of, uh, of Kingsbury going, this may be not what, what I'm not great at just yet. I, 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 I've, I've come from systems where we spread you out, where I know we ran some tight end stuff. In, in Arizona because we had Zach Ertz for a minute, but it's usually spread the field, it's width, it's horizontal, it's passing, it's 
whether you want to call it air raid or otherwise, that's kind of what you're leading with. And a lot of my runs were based off the fact that I had a running quarterback in, in Kyler Murray, who's 5'10", lining up a shotgun every time. So you, you add in 100-plus carries of his, and all of a sudden your running ratios look a little bit better. That's not his strength. It is Anthony Lynn's strength. It's a balance. It's a, it's a yin to the yang. It's a guy that is as old-school, smash-mouth, coach the running back position super hard, and, you know, the – specificity of you know where you plant your foot where you're targeting you know the outside leverage of the of the left guard gets to this spot and that's where you go you hug him here and then you break up field this is a four and a half yarder that you only got three and a half yards on we're going to figure that out the run game emphasis and having somebody balance out these sort of air raid or air raid adjacent concepts i think is essential it's a different voice that's the opposite of, of the guy at the head. I think that's huge. Just tells you about the humility and the evolution, potentially, of an offensive mind. I'm going to stick with my theme and go young again on defense. And I'm going to go with these kind of up-and-coming coaches who you are developing as they get their feet wet. Mm-hmm. How about Sharif Floyd, who's 31 years old? Floyd, nine-and-a-half career sacks. Oddly enough, has not played since he was 24 years old back in 2016. Injuries kind of derailed his career. But a 31-year-old who's going to be on this defensive staff, who was a pretty good football player. I don't know if people remember him from the University of Florida uh, or him getting drafted 23rd overall by the Minnesota Vikings back in 2013. So just to give you a time comp here, this was kind of all in for week one, Griffin's second season. That was his rookie year. And now he's on this coaching staff as the assistant D-lines coach to defensive line coach Daryl Tapp, who's in this same vein, right? You see teams, forgive the pun here, tapping into what the Lions have done with Dan Campbell, what the Raiders are doing with Antonio Pierce, that relatability of a recent young former player as a head coach. And I think Washington sees that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. They see that that's working. Uh, They didn't want to go that route and put all their eggs in that basket, maybe from a head coaching standpoint. But I covered Daryl Tapp here in 2013. Uh, He played as recently as 2017 as a 33-year-old. This is a Virginia native from Fort Smith who went to Virginia Tech. And I'm fired up. He's back home. But same kind of deal as I said with Blau. Uh It's the young dudes who I think are kind of what works in buildings around the league right now. Well, there's a handful of those guys where I, I feel like William Gay was in the league like two years ago. Matt, but same similar time, not around 2016, 2017. But this was a really high-level football player who was translating into the coaching ranks. Ryan Kerrigan also fits that bill as that kind of next wave. It's a great mix to me of guys that have been at really high levels, whether it's former head coach, former coordinator, maybe bumped down, and that recent former player, young up-and-coming part of a staff. It, it's a great mix. I think they especially did that on defense, and they had the ability to because they're set. Right, I mean, with Dan mm-hmm. Quinn in your building as your head coach and Joe Witt Jr. as your coordinator, I think they kind of felt – Kenneth Norton Jr. is on the staff as the oh, linebacker's yeah. coach who's called defenses. Like, they've got – not unlike Washington, honestly, with Rivera and Del Rio in the past and the last regime, they've got that pretty layered group that's proven. And so you can really take some more risks maybe with guys who are going to be relatable and translate things to the players mm-hmm. in a way that maybe works for them a little better in this era. Uh, but what was your favorite hire of the down-the-depth chart assistants? So any non-coordinators, let's take Quinn and Kingsbury and Witt out of the equation 
uh, what did you like most about the way this staff was put together? Asking you this today because that group is meeting with the media in just a few minutes. Rick Spielman, who helped Washington find its GM and head coach, joins the show today at 3.30 on Grant and Danny. Grant and Danny on the fan in Ashburn today, where we are out in the media annex. It's very warm. The sun is poking right through the windows and right on my back. I'm in a dress shirt. Yeah, it's attacking you. Now, this is going to be a great test. <clears throat> I don't sweat, as you know. Yep. I've never sweat through a shirt, but I can feel heat on my back. Maybe there will be some sunburn, but I don't necessarily think there's going to be any sweat. We're going to find out together. It's going to be a really exciting day on Grant and Dane. So I'm sweating. I don't have the same phenomenon you have. A, I do sweat a lot. So that's let's just start there. But B, I'm hot, and I, I'm not even in the position that you're in. Does that make sense? Like the sun is shooting at you right now. I have a little bit of cover. I'm doing a lot of squinting. Are you a natural light guy? Yeah. Oh, I hate natural light. So <clears throat> one of the debates we have at my house all the time between me and my wife, who is better at everything than I am, mm-hmm. is uh, like windows and natural light. Like my dog is obsessed. Fiona, the French bulldog. Sure. She will go find the like the shape of the window on the floor where the sun is beating inside the mm-hmm. house. And she'll just lay there in that heat all day long. <laughs> if it was up to me, we would never turn on. First of all, we'd never open any shades. Like the blinds would always be closed. And I would say all the lights would all be maxed out. My wife's big on, like, ambiance and, and like, the, the lighting where you can slide it a little bit and keep it half lit. She likes to have dark dinners with candlelight. I'm out on all Yeah, of that. enough of that. That's a little bit silly. Uh, not like silly, but, like, that's a little bit silly. Yeah, a little over bit the, outrageous. Over the top, like, uh, yeah. Sly Stallone in the movie. Um, to me, light means heat. So when we turn on the big, stupid, bright overhead lights in rooms, that sucks. Always bad. Uh, a nice lamp when it's dark outside is totally fine. I think that's reasonable, like a, a, one of those multi-clickers. You know, you probably want that first setting for for, for the mild light. But uh, we have a natural heating source, a natural light source. That's the sun. Keeps us keeps this whole thing going, right? 93 million miles, miles away, but it's still governing everything that you and I are doing. Let's open up those shades. Let's save some money on some of those uh, burning filaments there. Comfort over just, money for me. Yeah, but it's more comfortable. No. Oh yeah, not big time. even a little bit. Big time. That bright light where you're, you can't look at it. No, 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 no. No, the, the heat that comes from the sun to your house is a terrible thing. Well, if you're sitting right like you are, yeah, yeah. Antonio Pierce said something that's going to get him in a little trouble. I think. Oh no. The league's been asked about this and they don't want to comment yet. Pierce said his Raiders are going to channel the bad boy Detroit Pistons when they play Patrick Mahomes, who he's referring to as Jordan. He was on Max Crosby's podcast. This is a very 2024 bit where the coach. The head coach goes on the defensive ends podcast. Went on the players podcast. Oh, buddy. He should. He owes him a few appearances. I'm pretty sure yeah. the report was that Crosby basically said, I want to be traded if Pierce isn't kept as my head coach. Do you need me this week, <laughs> Max? In the week before the game, this is on ESPN.com, 
This was the the Christmas Day game between the the Raiders and the Chiefs. Remember, the Raiders actually beat the Chiefs twenty yes, to fourteen. They handled them all game long. Uh, in the week before the game, Pierce, then the interim coach, expressed to his team that they need to hate the color red and showed them videos of famous boxing and MMA fights and how the NBA's Detroit Pistons approached playing Hall of Famer Michael Jordan in the 80s with a tough defensive game plan devised by Coach Chuck Daly. We've got the Jordan rules and what I'm calling from now on as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Now, Obviously, post-Bounty Gate, this is being taken to mean roughing him up a little bit. That's what the Pistons tried to do with Jordan. The Jordan rules were any chance you get, drop an elbow, throw a shoulder, beat this guy up, and see if he keeps getting up and keeps coming hard. So that's essentially what Antonio Pierce says their plan's going to be with Mahomes. Uh, this just comes off like real tough guy, old school, like NFL 50 years ago stuff. The league obviously will have its say, I'm sure. Yeah, the league's going to pretend that this is a, a bridge too far. Meanwhile, defensive coordinator trying to hit the quarterback. That's what they're going to spend every week, every second of every waking day trying to figure out how to do, is try to hit Mahomes and disrupt him and stop him from kicking their butts. But I would say most don't say, let's be the Pistons and let's make him Jordan. I mean, when the, Yeah, I, I think it's I, an attitudinal thing, I, and I think it's so overwrought. That sure. you're right. It, of course, it's, it's you just, tough guy it's, talk. You but. just don't say it out loud. Totally. Yeah. I don't think it's abnormal. I think on every meeting and, and every episode of Hard Knocks ever during the season when you're playing Mahomes, I think there's this feeling of, hey, let's make sure he feels us. Let's if you get a chance, let's shove him. Let's touch him. Yeah. And we see it with Crosby. Well, of Crosby's this guy that after every pass rush, puts his hand on you, breathes on you, says something in your ear. He wants. That little bit of doubt in your mind that he's about to crunch. Well, you remember from the, from the QB show, like, that was the guy that Mahomes had was John with. And he's like, I know what you're trying to do, dog, but like, come on, man, that's enough. Like, of course that's what they're trying to do. So like, it's, it's one of those weird things to me that we, we're not allowed to say it out loud, but everybody knows it. Yes, the defensive team would like to hit the quarterback and make him uncertain in hopes that he is less effective. You know, 16 teams, uh, 16 or 32 defensive coordinators each week are doing the exact same thing. But yeah, it's one of the things you're not supposed to say out loud. The fans merch shop is wide open for you. Yesterday, CK was wearing a burgundy and sold t-shirt. Looked good on him. Go to 1067thefanshop.com for our selections of men's and women's shirts and hoodies, coffee mugs and more. Gotta tell you, we got a winning off the field shirt. We do indeed. It sold like, uh, it was going out of style there for a little while. Everyone was getting their hands on it when our shop opened. If you want one for the off season, it is time to go buy yourself one. The perfect gift, 1067thefanshop.com. Next on Grant and Danny, let's take our first dive of the day into the NFL draft. And I cannot wait for our live conversation with Rick Spielman coming up at 3.30, who we have never had on the show before. Uh, he's going to be joining us right here on The Fan to talk about helping in the search that ended with the hirings of Adam Peters and Dan Quinn. Uh, that's coming up on Grant and Danny at 3.30. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 